guys were Mike and Paige. We're college sweethearts. We live in the Nashville area. <laughs> Mike so, just made fun of me. She live startled in, me. Live in the Nashville area. We have four flipping amazing kids, and we really love a good story, um, and we love a good podcast, so we decided to do our own. This is Laugh So You Don't Cry. Hey guys, so, I mean, it's been a while. Well, you know what, I just decided that y'all get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Gosh, I hate when she says that to our kids. <laughs> this is just where we are. We have a lot of kids and we have a lot of life. We're committed to the podcast, but mm, like slightly. Like that kid that you see around that you want to be friends with, but like you just don't have the heart capacity for. Or like when you're like in your early 20s and you're looking for your soulmate, but there's that one person here like, you know, I'm, I guess if I had to marry them, I could, so you keep them on the side. <laughs> You know? That's how we feel about you guys. You, got a little, you, got, you guys are our dangle. <laughs> We're dangling you along. <laughs> Not really. I'm just kidding. Um, we love you guys. It's just, this is where we are in life. So we're going to post when we can, and you're going to listen when you can. <laughs> and this is just a mutual agreement that we have. Yeah. Uh, so tonight's preemptive story, uh, I, who's I, t- I was telling, I think telling Paige or somebody, I was telling her niece, I think it was Allie I was telling this to. I, we, well, rewind, we keep a list of like, as things come up in our lives, they were like, oh, that would kind of be funny in the podcast. Like, let's, you know, talk about that. And so I write shorthand and sometimes we read them and we're like, blue car on Nissan. What was that? Like Blue car on Nissan. That's what this story is about. Blue car on (laughs) Nissan. And I was like, what? And so I read this and he was like, oh, I'm telling the story. (laughs) And so I am, guys, let's all sit back and listen to Mike because I do not know what this is. It's a really short-ish story. Uh, So when I (laughs) watched it be like 15 minutes. So when I was at the ripe old age of 13, Mm. um, I had two best friends, uh, Jeremy and Nick. And... Me and we always went to Gibraltar Trade Center back in uh, Michigan. Uh, rest in peace. It's the best place in the Nashville, world. Nashville, we don't have anything that's like this. It's, um, it's an indoor flea market that goes year round. <laughs> that's okay. Well, Mike just succinctly <laughs> described it in a way that I could not. Um, the GTC. But uh, so, you know, if you've heard from our prior podcast, when I was a young kid, I was not a smart kid. Um, me and Nick were walking around. I think Jeremy was there too. I can't remember. We were walking around the GTC, you know, my, I think his mom had dropped us off. And so we were Is just Is this walking like around. a place that like teens would go and hang? Uh, like it was like the mall. But teens who wore like the gangster Looney, Looney Tunes t-shirts. The yeah. gangster Looney Tunes. Yeah. Uh, that, which I didn't wear that at the time. Before that Yet. I did. When I was eight. Yes, I did. Um, and I, I, we walked by one of the million shops and they, they were selling these little one tokers, keychains. I don't know what that means. Uh... A one toker is a little pipe that you put tobacco into mm-hmm. or hashish or marijuana. And just so a little bit. One toker, does that mean you get like one Yeah, one hit out of it. It's like a and, and I, then I'm, what I'm happens? assuming. I'm like assuming. It, it combusts? No, I I mean I'm I, this is all speculation. I'm just going off of what I learned <laughs> on the internet. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, you uh, would have no idea. Webster's dictionary <laughs> says Stop that one toker no. Um and I thought I'd be cool, you know, and like at this point I had done some stuff, you know, but anyway, uh, and then we walked by an incense place and we see the words hemp. We were like, oh, dude, hemp, hemp's we- like weed, right? And Nick was like, yeah, bro, that's just, uh, it's the same thing, right? And I'm like, yeah, man, let's, let's get some weed and smoke it in my little one toker. 
So we go and we go to the incense shop thing inside the GTC, buy some hemp smelling <laughs> incense, and then we go outside to, to the outside of the GTC and we take up some of our keys and we're scraping off the, in, now an incense, if, you don't, if any of you don't know, it's just a stick with some like sticky powder to it that <laughs> smells when you burn it, it burns real slow. Um, hemp is not the same as marijuana <laughs> and it was smelling like hemp. So I don't even know it was real hemp, but we're sitting there with these keys and we're scraping off the incense sticks and into our palm of our hands. And then we're taking it and we're packing it into this little one toker keychain that I just Stop bought it. for like $5. And then we proceeded to try to s- smoke it with the intent of getting high. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. here's these two 13 year old kids living their best life. Oh my god! All, all I can remember afterward is we coughed so much and Your so Your poor hard. lungs are like, what are you doing to yeah, me? Yeah, like we, like literally. It was not made for this. Probably just pure chemical, like a glue yeah. <laughs> and like a, and some substance. But we coughed so much and I'm, I, I got sick after that. I remember that. Maybe that's why and you have chronic bronchitis maybe now. that is why, yeah. Forget not, all the years of smoking. It's yeah. absolutely because of the this hemp, one time. Yep, this one time. My mom yeah. tells this story. I, don't, I can't remember if she told it during you know, her story hour. Uh, but she, she always says that she, uh, she, my mom has great legs, like phenomenal legs. And she's like, uh, yeah, of course I have great legs. I rode my bike every day as a kid. And I was like, mom, that's not a thing. (laughs) Okay. Your mom does have pretty good legs, but they're like little chicken legs. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, so, uh, word to the wise, if you're a kid listening to this, one, don't do drugs, but two, don't smoke <laughs> incense. Don't smoke incense. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, we, we had an idea tonight what we wanted to do, um, but Paige has been really processing with something for a while now, and I, I've seen it, you know, just a, a observing, but also, you know, as her husband, she comes to me with a lot of things, and... So tonight she just kind of flipped the script on me, which is great because uh, the topic flip tonight... Flip the script. Flip the, flip, flip the script is something she really wants to talk about. Uh, something's really passionate to her right now. Something I've seen her for the past couple months struggle and also grow in. Um, so yeah. So Paige. So um, the past couple of... Maybe it was two months ago? Two and I, and a half. I was in Arizona, so it was at least two months ago. Yeah. It was two and a half months ago, yeah. So we um, we have a small group that meets every other Sunday. And I guess where this really starts, let me back up a little bit. I remember that text <laughs> message I got too. Um, where this really starts is um, there is a person in my life that I am struggling to love well. They are doing things that I don't really love, um, but not like in a sinful way, just like if I was doing what you were doing, wouldn't really love it. Um, And um, there's a group of my friends that also have interactions with this person, and um, it became something that was talked about often. And it was eroding at my soul. So I'll start there. Um, so then we start in our small group, and our small group was going this semester over James. 
Yeah. <laughs> you looked at me like, I was like, was wait right? a second. Well, yes. No, was it James or Jude? It was James. It was James. Like, I said James, and as soon as I said I was like, wait a second. But it is. It's James. <laughs> so we're going through James, and... Um, they give us a study guide, and we're supposed to do it over the next over the two weeks before the next. Do I do that? No, of course I cram do it. They like two hours before. You love doing a good small cramming. group. I love a good. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. I <laughs> got you on that one. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so I get to small group. Mike is um, he is in Arizona. He's flying back home. Um, he just was on a work trip and he extended it by a couple of days to have like a personal trip. Oh, so nice. So he's coming home from Arizona and we are starting this small group and the small group starts in on James and it's on James three and James three talks about the taming of the tongue. And so then of course it goes into gossip and I was like, And as we're talking about it, what the subject that comes up is, because we all know we gossip, like it's plain to stay. We all know that that's something, I mean, maybe some of you guys don't gossip, but it is a generally like acceptable sin within the church. Like people do it. It's not, we all know that we shouldn't, but like no one's having altar calls for Well, well I, I, I wouldn't call gossiping. it, I wouldn't call it gossip if, if, if I'm really concerned about the issue. He's like being if sarcastic. I'm really concerned about it and you're concerned about it. Why can't we talk about it in hopes that maybe one day in the future there this might a be podcast. a revolution? This is a podcast. People can't see your face. They really can't, but I'm really being sarcastic because so, that's my loophole. Anyways. Um, so we start talking about it, and I'm instantly defensive, which should have been my cue, like, <laughs> this is a sin issue. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hashtag red flag on that one. Right. <laughs> so... We're talking about it, and we're going to go through it. And my thing was, is it gossip to talk to your spouse about something? Like, if you have an issue with someone, and you're talking to your spouse about it. Or, like, my very best friend lives in New York. Like, is it a sin to talk to her about it? Because she don't know them, right? She don't know them. Yeah, I'm just trash talking the person. Right. And so I'm, like, sitting there the entire small group trying to come up with a loophole, but really fixating on the whole, like... If I tell Mike, does that count? Because I don't think that it counts. Like, well, that's like, what I'm trying and, to fight and, and for. And, like, like, we're one person now, you know? Right. I mean, like, loophole. Like, really, you're not telling somebody else. You're just telling yourself. Because exactly. I'm wanting, one. I'm wanting an escape, a justification for my sin. Like, I'm not, I'm not fighting for the gospel to be evident in my daily actions. I'm fighting for my sin to be okay to stay. And that's the problem. Yeah. So <clears throat> we're all kind of wrestling with it. We're all kind of sharing whatever we think. And we can move on because, you know, the whole small group isn't about just gossiping and moves on to other th- um, other questions. Well, then at the end, like the Holy Spirit is convicting me so hard. Like, you you know those times where it's like, okay, God, I get it. Okay, okay. Wait, wait, so, real quick. Didn't you call me too during the small group? Right. I did call you. And I was like, Mike, you better be on my side before I even tell you anything. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, for, I don't even remember who in our small group was like, I think me and one girl, me and a couple of girls were on and my side. One and one husband. And then some of the husbands and a girl was on the other side. <laughs> Um, and I was like, do you think that it is gossip if I tell you about something? And and Mike starts going into it, and I think that he might maybe be like... Uh, on your side? Con- no, convicting me and not oh, on yeah, my side. Yeah. And I was like, 
never mind, and I hang up. <laughs> so anyway, so we finish up small group, and that's when the Holy Spirit is just like convicting me hardcore. And um, I felt like the Lord, you know, was really telling me like, this is a deep issue in my life. And so I confessed to my small group, and I said, guys, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, mm. I've absolutely been sinning in this. Like, I, this is me trying to justify my sin, and I don't need to justify my sin. Um, so I pray, like, please, like, forgive me for what I just did. Um, but it's gossip. Like, that's kind of like where I landed it. So that was on a Sunday night. And then there's this guy on Instagram. I think I've talked to him, talked to you guys about him. His name's J. P-O-K-L-U-D-A. Pokluda, maybe? Pokluda. He's, he's a pastor of a of church, and he does these Friday uh, question and answers, which, like, guys set a timer on Fridays, like, check it. It's legitimately so good. And that Friday, there was a um, question and answer, and it said, how to stop gossiping, ways to set boundaries in speech. That was the question. And he said, ask this of the people in your life. If you hear me talk about anyone who is not present, will you please let me know that you are going to tell them and give me an opportunity to ask their forgiveness first? Please tell anyone who I speak of behind their back Mm -hmm. that I did so. When I did this, I'm not a good friend and I should not be trusted. He said, give that to your friends. And he said, you'll do better. And so I screenshot it and I sent it to my small group. And I was Mm. like, hey guys, like, this is the new standard for me. If you hear me talking about it, like, this is the new thing. So that has been like a struggle for a long time in my life. And I had to do like a lot of work on that. Like, why is that something that I so closely wanted to hold on to? Why was that something that I didn't want to give over to the Lord, didn't Mm. want to, uh, you know, flesh out. Um, And I think... Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. You're also putting, like, to put... So to ask, like, Paige can ask me that. And I I would do it, you know, because we're married and because I care for her in that way. Um, But to, like, on another part of that, too, like, one, you need to have people in your life that you can ask that of, you know. Mm -hmm. But two, also, like... It 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 kind of shows you the kind of people you're around because like if I ask, you know, Jeff Jeffy over here to do that for me, and he doesn't like, that speaks about his character too. Mm-hmm. But it also puts people in a predicament, like an uncomfortable one, because if if I'm your friend and you tell me to do this and then you start gossiping, now I'm in a, now I'm in the spot where it's like okay now I've got to. Like, hey, Paige, if you don't do it, then I've got to go talk to this then, person. So now I'm like, I'm like, can you please go tell this person what you were talking about? Because that's gonna be awkward for me to go to this person now and tell right. them you were talking. And so there's twofold to this because one, like, yes, that is such good accountability. That's like earthly accountability. Obviously, our our heart should be that it is grieving the Lord, that it mm. is is putting something between us and the Lord, but the the earthly side of yeah. of you are going to have to be held accountable. You're going to have to be put in that position. Like that sets you straight quick. And maybe mm. that's out of a you fear that person more than you fear the Lord in that moment. Like maybe 
maybe that's not the best motive, but I think God can use that motive to grow you into a way that you, you're pursuing him more. So anyways, so I for sure was wanting a loophole. I for sure was wanting an escape. I definitely wanted to justify my sin. Um, but the Lord has always and will always be about the heart. And so it's not, it's not so much about the question of, can I tell Mike and not be gossiping? Can I tell, you know, X, Y, and Z that doesn't live here? Because then it's not gossip. Because the bottom of the, like, where the buck stops is, it's about the heart. Mm. Where the buck stops is, it is something that is destroying me inside. And it's not, and, it goes and, away from like something you want to do or like should or shouldn't do. It, it goes away from being something you should or shouldn't do to mm-hmm. something that, because it's like really what you want to do. Like you're not asking for like permission. You're mm-hmm. asking to be like, to not feel, to do it and not feel bad about it. Right, right. And I think that we, what I was trying to say in the beginning was like, this is a rampant sin issue within churches, within mm-hmm. the body of Christ, without with within Christians. Like it's why, you know, the rise and fall of, Mar- of uh, Mars Hill comes out and Christians can't stop talking about it. Like, yeah. We crave a story. Oh yeah. We crave a a car crash so that we can watch and and oogle over. I actually. But just, where is our heart? Uh, Paige convicted me because um, <clears throat> I'm big on theology, um, and it, it, there's this there's this cultural thing right now for those who consider themselves to really love theology and pursue theology and try to understand it that like. We are we are now inclined to be on a constant witch hunt for mm-hmm. those who have bad theology, and we like want to burn them at the stake. And the that and the stake being, you know, we want to persecute them. We want to let the world know that, you know, Stephen Furtick is a d bag, you know, like. We, and so, and the 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 Facebook group was something about Furtick. I'm not going to say the name of it, but yesterday I was like scrolling through Facebook and I kept kept seeing it pop up, and I'm like. This is just hate. Like these people in here who are Christians, supposedly, are just ripping on other other Christians. And a lot of them do have bad theology. Um, but they were just... Can you imagine like all those people just praying on behalf of him? And so, so somebody, or not on behalf one of, of the, him, one of the people for be- him. So I left the group. But before that, a couple of days ago, somebody posted like Stephen Furtick's fan group on Facebook, which is crazy as a fan group. But how many people like it and then how many people are in this group that I was in and the numbers were higher in the group that you're in. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's, that's like 17,000 people who should be praying for this man who just like me and just like Paige and just like our pastor are heretics at some point in time. Right. But like, it doesn't edify the heart. It didn't edify my heart. And these people were just talking smack. Right. You got to watch, like, because bitterness takes root. I Big mean, scripture is very clear about that, that. That Man, and also, like, gossip is like a yeast, you know? Like, it starts out really small. And that's what I was watching in my mm-hmm. life with this person who um, I disagree with. Um, it started out really small. Like, I know something else, like, hmm, that's weird. And then I know something else, and I was like, don't love that. That's not how I would do things. And it grew and grew and grew to where I couldn't even see this person's face without being like, please, can I get out of this room? And 
let's go back because I was saying like the Lord has always been about and always will continue to be about the heart. And my heart wanting to satisfy that itch for gossip, that's my flesh. Like scripture again talks about how we there's a battle between our flesh and the spirit of God. Mm. And we are to submit our flesh to the spirit. And yes, to the spirit. Like the spirit has the authority over our flesh and we should exercise that authority in telling our 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 body our flesh to submit. No, we're not going to want to stop sinning. Mm. Like that is the duality of this. We are not going to want to stop sinning, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of being God's children, we are able to say to our to ourselves, stop mm. in the name of Jesus through his power alone and we stop. Because that's what God asks of us. Um and and I and my heart was wanting to satisfy satisfy that itch for gossip, that thirst. Um, like I was in a desert, I was like I thirst and I longed for tearing someone down because of my feelings towards them. Yeah, I think you know a, another part of it is like you have to look at your motives. Why are you wanting? And there's a time where. Like, Mike and I were driving in the car the other day, and I was like, you know, I think my problem with this person, like, I wanted to say that I was kind of on, like, some holy crusade. Yeah. I wanted to say that it was because they were not doing something right. But then I had to, like, rework the situation in my mind. If that wasn't a factor, would I still be mad at them? The mm. the crusade part. It's almost like a like a like a smear campaign, like a political smear campaign. Right, right. And I was like, oh, nope. It's because like there's a coveting that is in my heart. Yeah. Like sometimes we tear people down because we want to make ourselves look better. Sometimes we tear people down because we covet what they have. Mm. Sometimes we tear people down because we are so unbelievably broken that it helps to shatter someone else. So at least we're not the only broken ones in the room. Yeah. And so I think finding my motive of like, oh, I'm coveting. I I am wishing that I was in this life. I was wishing that I was in this position. I was wishing that I was in, you know, got X, Y, Z that they have. And that was my sin mm. and, and calling that out for myself. Um, yeah. Like when I was in that group with our friends, I was wrestling. I didn't want to give it up. I didn't want to give up gossip. I wanted to find a way to justify my actions. I didn't want to make gossip that big of a deal. But it was truly the Holy Spirit who convicts and truly the Holy Spirit who is begging me to give this up. Not give this up because he wanted to steal this comfort from me because there was an element of comfort that was in it. But he wanted to take this off because I couldn't handle the bitterness and resentment that come came from it. Well, and, and think about what gossip does to a community, you know? Right. Like, like it's if, that yeast. Like if you, like if if you are in a community and you can't be trusted by one person, in that community, two people, three people, whatever, then you're slowly being rejected out of that. Like like a body rejecting a piercing or mm-hmm. like a, a surgery or something. Like 
your body will start to reject it. Like the body will start to reject you because it doesn't trust you. It doesn't want you in there. You know, like people aren't going to come to Paige for their brokenness and their frustration or their hurt, their needs when all you do or one of the things you mainly do is talk about somebody else or other people to them. Right. You know, now if that person is just as broken or they struggle with the same sin and they, and they enjoy that as well, they're still not going to come to you with their crap. (laughs) Right. It takes my trust worthiness destroys, away yeah destroys trustworthiness big time i i can't be a trustworthy anymore and i think as spouses man like if somebody came to page uh four or five months ago three months ago and was like you're gossiping you need to stop her first reaction would probably be like no what? Not. <laughs> like and then, i have a really bad knee-jerk reaction we call it like yeah. at first i'm like no and yeah. then i'm like mm, you're right but Paige would have came to me and been like, can you believe this crap? Blah, 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 blah. But like as spouses, and I'm going to call out the husbands and the wives, and stereotypically guys call out your wives when they gossip or you see them gossip. Like how many times have we been at the dinner table with other couples and there's four of us, six of us, and we bring up someone else that we know mutually and it's mm-hmm. like. And it's like, ooh, it's time to like talk the first part. The first part is like, oh man, have you heard about Larry? Like, oh, I know it's sad. He's he's trying real hard. I mean, this is really, really rough. Yeah, but his wife just kind of like went off the deep end too. It's like, okay. Like it's it's poison. Right. It's poison that destroys you. And and it's kind of like, um, you know how when we were kids, we like picked a scab. We wanted that like feeling of it being off. We yeah. liked to pick it. We liked to play with it. It felt good to release it. But my gosh, the bloodbath that happened when the scab wasn't ready to come off. And the scar. When yeah. And and that's how it is with gossiping. Like it feels good in the moment to do it. It feels like a there is a release. There is a very much and I wonder if there's like a chemical release. Someone who's smarter than me will probably say that there is. There's like a a release. But just because there's that valve release doesn't mean that there's a heart release there because what's happening in your heart is you're eroding Mm -hmm. and in like the scab, how there's blood that trickles down your arm when you, when you pick that scab, um, if you would turn around, if you would open your eyes, if you would ask the Lord to open your eyes to the bloodbath in your life that is happening when you gossip I mean, I'm not, I'm like literally two months out, (laughs) Um, but I'm realizing so much what it did to me Um, because that bloodbath, your soul, it feels it. Are you going to tell them about the chips? Yeah, in a second. Um, Okay. (laughs) So I, or I guess now, so we have small group every other week and we were talking the following week. And our small group leader was like, hey, like, Paige, how are you doing with gossip or something like that? And I was like, it's been two weeks. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's been two weeks. And he, um, Mike was laughing and he was like, it's almost like a, a chip or something. What yeah, did you say? Like, like, that, like uh, yeah, like, hey, in, in, in uh, two more weeks, you'll get your 30-day chip. I made that joke because, you know, CR gives Celebrate you Celebrate recovery, yeah. yeah, it gives you chips. And so our small group leader, he took the... Um, cap off of his bottle, like his water water bottle. bottle, And he gave it to me. And I was like, 
listen, I'm not even about to play. I'm about to keep this. <laughs> like, like I, I put it right next to my Bible, and I was like, that it meant so much to me. Like, and it's so dumb. It's so silly. But a like, little piece of plastic. Yeah, it's a tiny piece of plastic. But what it signified is mm-hmm. like I did the hardest work. Yeah, and the hard work of like I can't hear that, or I can't. Like Mike and I would be at dinner, and I would start to say something. I'd be like, mm, "Can't say it." Yeah, and guys, she really did the work, man. Like. She- We'd be out, and she we would start talking about something, and it would lead to another thing, and then she'd be like, mm, "I can't." And what I had to do is, I had to be a, a I have learned to become a master of like telling on people to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like I will literally get in my car and just be like, "God, I am so mad at X Y Z. I'm so mad. Like I'm so frustrated." I tell on my husband. I tell on my family. I tell. On people in my friend group, I tell on people from my church. Like I, because that's the only person who was designed to hold it. Mm, yeah. Because I can't tell Mike about X Y Z person because then he gets upset. Like the other day, he was like, "I can't believe that that person said that to you." Um, he, he, we. It was a. He was referring back to something that happened before the, the chips scenario. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, "I can't believe that person did that to you." Like, I'm still angry about it. Like, I really want to go and give them a piece of my mind. And I was like, "Don't, don't do it." But he, what it, what has happened from my, what the result of my gossiping is, is that Mike is now feeling the weight of it. And Mike wasn't created to hold that weight. He can't hold that weight. Hmm. The only person who can hold the weight of that is the Lord. And he can work on your heart and clean that up. And he can work on their heart. And so what not gossiping has given me is freedom. Hmm. It has allowed me to look at the face of people who frustrate me and see them the way God sees them. Mm. The other day, the person that started this whole thing or started the realization of how frustrated I was, um, he was talking and Mike like kind of nudged me or whatever, or maybe I nudged him and I was like, what would have been a frustration to me now is just like funny. Yeah. Like the bitterness has gone away. Mm. The frustration, the like anguish that I felt within me, the contention, the uh, coveting has gone away. In exchange, I have freedom. Because the Lord's going to work it out. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't have to be like a tattletale. I don't have to uh, be the Savior in this. Like, the Lord has already worked that part out. Mm. Um, and what it's given me from that freedom is peace. I have a peace of like, you know, when you have talked crap about someone, maybe you've texted something. I did this in college. I was texting some crap about someone. Uh, I was at this like swap of clothes or whatever, <laughs> clothing swap. And uh, I was trying to text Mike that like this was so lame and I didn't want to be there, but like I drove with a friend. And instead I texted my friend. And then I tried it. This was back when you could X out and it would stop sending. And then I went to go send it to Mike, but... I sent it to my friend again. Ha. And so I went to X out again, and then I sent it to Mike. Uh, <laughs> what were you saying? 
Yep, I did. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but like, I had that piece of like, I'm not doing that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about mixing up my text or keeping my words straight. I just have peace. Yeah. I uh, I told my small group, I said, it's really cool that I can see people and look them in the face and be like, I got nothing to hide. <laughs> like, I told the Lord on you, but I didn't tell nobody else. What was that uh, from Bible Workout the other day where it's like, um, being an honest person means you don't have to remember a lot of things? Yeah. You don't have to remember. When up with you a do lie. not lie, you don't have to keep track of your stories. So you have less to remember? And I was like, whoa, man, that's. Because, like, imagine if you did let that text went through to your friend at that to swap meet. You know, or if somebody overheard that you had been gossiping out them a lot to a lot of different people, you know, now you've got to like either one, come completely clean mm-hmm. or two, make up stuff and backtrack and right. form different things. So that way you're not in as much trouble, you know. And so, yeah. Well, it's embarrassing. I'd have to own up to it because I don't want to lie. <laughs> I'm already. And, you know, one of the things and here, here's one thing, too, guys, is gossip robs us. Of the joy of con- confrontation. And I know that sounds like... Yeah, unpack that a little bit. Well, part of me is like being not not sarcastic, but like... You ever confronted somebody? Like, and it feels good? <laughs> you know, like, instead of holding it in, like, have that... Con- like, that's where the resolution comes from. Mm-hmm. You know? Either you get over it or you get through it. You know? And you right now, you are getting over it. I should say that this person, I have had a conversation with them that ended. I was trying to come into it very kind. It did not end in a kind way for either one of us. But, you know. And then, like, I went to, I did like the Matthew 18 thing. Like, I brought in another person. Nothing ever changed. So, like, there was, like, a reason why I had, like, frustration. Yeah. I wasn't just, like... They took something from me, you know? But yeah, and like, and so you tried to get through it, you know? Right. And now, because you can't get through it, you just have to get over it. And if we if we gossip, we're just kind of like, why well, don't I don't want to get through it? It's dwelling in that poop. It. Yeah. Like literally. Yeah. It's it's choosing to make your bed in the bitterness and the resentment and the frustration instead of like open palming them to the Lord. And then also like whatever frustrate like if I'm frustrated with you. And I go tell your sister, right? And I'm just complaining to your sister about it. Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell, you, let your sister know that you're, I don't like you, or there's issues that I have with you, mm-hmm. and to make you question your character or whatever. But literally, the act that I'm doing mm-hmm. puts me in the same light that I, that I that I'm seeing you, right? You know, like I'm having a questionable character right now, questionable actions. And, like, that's what it does to us, you know? Like, and I think it's, like, it, gossip's never really been something that's... I mean, I remember in high school when, like, you know, you're in youth group and it's, like, don't don't gossip, uh, don't swear, you know, don't listen to secular music. Like, these are the things you got to really focus on in high school, you know, or else you're going to die, <laughs> you know? And, like, so when Paige came back and, and like, started, like, really pushing this and she like asked people to be accountable with her and like hold her accountable. It's like, that's the real ballsy part right there. Like Paige didn't just say like, I'm going to stop being a gossip. She was like, I'm going to stop being a gossip and I need help doing that. And so she asked people to help her to step in 
And like, we should do that with each other. Like husbands, if you hear your wife talking smack about another woman or another man at church or wherever at work. Say you talk to them or I will. Yeah. And tell them or that be you've like, been talking back or, about Or yeah, just like literally like what you're doing is toxic. And the thing is like. To you and them. To you and them. And like what you're, you're putting me in a predicament, but also like you have better character than this, honey. Mm. Please knock off your gossip. Right. You know, and same thing with your friends. And if they can't receive that well. Well, go find somebody who's going to listen to listen listen to you about them and go gossip also, them about them. Stop it. <laughs> also, like we can extend the grace of like we need to. Each of us are being convicted by the Lord about different things, mm. and we can trust each other to the. We can trust the Lord with each other. That being said. There is grace when people don't want to hear it right now. Like, there is a friend that, like, doesn't want to work on it. Does not want to work on her gossip. She's made that clear. Yeah. Okay. Um, Something that I have been, like, wrestling with a lot. Not wrestling with, but just fixating is the wrong word, but thinking about a lot is this concept that God gives us over to our sinful desires. Mm, It's terrifying. It's terrifying. I don't know if you guys have read scripture where it talks about it, but there are several points in scripture where it says like God gave them over to this. Like Romans 2? Romans 1, uh, 28 through 30. I'm going to read it right now. Um, So it's, you know, God's wrath during to mankind. And it's, you know, that's the like header for the the part, but in verse twenty eight it says, "Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so like that first implies one that they were told about God, and they made a conscious decision to not retain it. Mm-hmm. Since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, He gave them over to a depraved mind." To do what ought not be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. Then it goes on to say, They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. So in my instance, like, yeah, it was envy in me. It was strife. I was building up strife. Malice. It was malice. It was deceit. Because I I was fixating on something that they were doing and then making it bigger because I was picking apart everything. So, like, what was one sentence is now, like, paragraphs of feelings mm-hmm. based off of one sentence. Um, where did I just drop off? Here it is. Okay. Uh, they are gossips, slanders, God-haters, insolent arrogant and boastful they invent ways of disobe- of doing evil and i've been thinking a lot about if i don't change my heart mm. if i don't change my actions there is a very real possibility that god would give me over to my sin and that is terrifying I don't want to be left with my sin. 
I don't want it at all. Sin that so easily entangles. There is no playing with sin. You get bit every time. You get bit. So why is it that when we open, when the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to a sin issue in our lives, our first thing should be, oh my gosh, God, and throwing it to Him and saying, I don't want this. Mm, And then when we walk in our lives and it comes up again, we give it back. And when it comes up again, we give it back. And we do that and we do that and we do that and we fight the fight until that issue is long gone. Because that's what God's word tells us to do. Hmm. God tells us to not entangle, don't play with it. You know that you have those friends who, and, and us, and let's not even say our friends, you have us where we have these sin issues where that we struggle with for years, and you just don't see scripture justifying that, condoning that. God is very clear that we are to give it over to him, and then we walk in the freedom that comes from that. And it's not to say that we won't be tempted again, because we will. But when we are tempted again, we give it over, and we just keep fighting that fight. Um, I'm going to turn to James 3, which is what we were reading (laughs) when I got convicted. And it says, James 3, 3 through 8, When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large, they are driven by strong winds. They are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants them to go. Likewise, guys, this just cuts to the heart. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, Mm. sets the whole course of its life on fire, and is itself on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is restless evil. Full of deadly poison. I mean, it just keeps going on. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness, which just shows like the um, the pain that it causes the Lord when mm-hmm. we do that. Yeah, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. God, God has to be saying, "But that's mine. That looks just like me. He's mine." How dare you talk ill of of mine? Right. Out of the same mouth came, comes praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear fruit? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. I just fixate on that, like, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Mm. We can't do it, guys. We cannot do it. But what we can do is submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We submit ourselves to the Lord and we say, God, I need your help. I desperately need your help. I cannot do this on my own. And so, God, I give you that I've been struggling with gossip. I give it to you. I can't do it anymore. And Lord, would you please convict me every time? Yeah. And reach out for reach out for help. 
Right. You know, don't don't do it by yourself. You know, ask your spouse, ask your mom, ask your sisters, your friends, you know, whatever. Really reach out for that. Right. Um, and I think I think it starts with believing the word of God and take it up on what it's saying. Mm. Um, I know that y'all have heard this in the podcast, but um and a large part of why we didn't record podcasts is the last six weeks. I really felt like the Lord told me to finish reading through Scripture. Um, I've been reading through the Bible in a year, and I felt like the Lord told me to—I was way behind. (laughs) And I felt like He told me to catch up by the end of November. And so for six weeks, every spare moment of my life was spent in Scripture, catching up. And it took forever. And for a lot of it, Mike was alone with the kids because I was in the room just like feverishly reading through Scripture and— and reading God's word. Next year, I'm going to be doing it <laughs> on time. Hmm. But what it has taught me, and I, I cannot convey this enough, and this is more than anything else we've ever said on the podcast, this is the most important, is if you are a believer, if you're someone who loves God, who wants your life to look like God, who has decided to have God as your friend and as the Lord over your life, if that is you, you have to be in his word every day. And I feel like I've heard that my whole life. And my reaction has always been the same, like, whatever. And and a lie that I believed was that for centuries, people didn't have the written word of God and they were fine. Hmm. But that was such a bold-faced lie, a spit really in God's face of, I don't have to be close to you. I can do this on my own. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can live this life and not, and not have to check in with you and not have to care or pursue this. And, and my thing that I want to tell you is that you cannot go on without reading God's Word. It is the very breath in our lungs. It is the thing that sustains us. It is the thing that changes us. If we want to hear God in our lives, get in your word. Test the spirits. How can you test something that you don't even know what God is like? How can you test if this is evil if you don't know what good is? And God has been changing my life in books like Second Kings and uh, what was the other one that I really loved? Lamentations? Really, no, uh, Numbers and Leviticus. I fell in love with the Lord in Leviticus. Guys, that is wackadoodle. It is wackadoodle. But it is so true that God's word is alive and it changes you. And don't we all need to be changed? Mm, deeply. And there's a podcast that I've been listening to. It's called The Bible Recap. It takes all of 20 minutes, and I'm pleading with you to do it with us. We're starting in January, and we're. it, it takes 20 minutes. You read a couple of chapters in God's Word, and then you listen to an eight-minute podcast about those chapters. The podcast is dope. The podcast is incredible. She's funny. She's witty, but she also is like really well um, educated. educated in God's word. Mm. And we're going to start doing it. 
we're, I'm finishing up. I have like, what, seven days left? Uh, 14 days left? I don't know, whatever's left in a year. Um, math is hard. I know, math is hard. But I'm begging you to please be in God's word because it'll change you. And what I really like about the Bible recap, you can do whatever you want, but the Bible recap helps you helps unpack what you just read because a lot of times you read it and you're like, mm, what did I just read? And it helps focus you back on what you just read and breaks it down. And especially in the Old Testament, like there are a lot of days that I was like, mm, can you tell me what that said? Mm-hmm. And I went to school for it. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I am currently, what was that? Hold on. Let's figure it out. I'm currently two and a half months sober from <laughs> from <laughs> gossiping. It is one of the harder things I have done. I understand that I have a really privileged life, okay? <laughs> but it has been so hard. I told Mike the other day, I was like, babe, look, I'm at two and a half months. And he was like, wow, you know, congratulations. Like this has, you know, been an undertaking for you. And I said, it really has. And he goes, uh, you know, how has it been? And I was like, you know, it's actually really isolating. Hmm. And you said... I can't remember what I said. You're like, yeah, sobriety is really isolating. Sobriety is really isolating. Yeah. All the things that you used to do and, you know, the people you could relate with and stuff and you find yourself alone. Um, You're not really alone. There's several times at parties that I had to just like walk Walk away. away. Yeah. And it was like, for real? Like, and, and it was with my friend group that knows that I'm trying to not gossip. And I was like, standing there, I was like. I can't, I can't talk about this, guys. And they're like, okay. And they kept talking. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to, like, and I turned and I was like, well, I guess Which I'm going to talk to you the, guys. The, and, that, and that's the hard thing, too. And, like, in sobriety, your convictions are your convictions, not other people's. Right. And so, like, while it is frustrating, like, hey, it'd be great if I could come hang out with you and you not get high. While I'm trying not to, you know, like right. it'd be great to go to a party of, or a gathering of friends or a dinner with friends and sit at the dinner table and I have to excuse myself or make a scene because, you know, I'm trying not to gossip. But, you know, you can say those things and you can be upfront, and I encourage you to, but also know that a lot of times it's just going to be like they're going to keep doing it without you because it's your conviction, not theirs. And then it's your job to earnestly pray for them and then also call them out, you know, like I I would gladly lose all my friends if it was because I was like, hey, what you're doing is not right. Hmm. Or hey, that that's not honoring to God. And then eventually they stop hanging out with me, (laughs) you know, because every time they did it, you know, that's that's kind of what we're here for. Hmm. I, um, as I've been falling in love with the Lord, there's kind of like this existential crisis of like, oh my gosh, was I even a believer to begin with? Like, as I get to know more and more and like fall in love with the Lord more and more. And the other day, gosh, it's so cheesy because you hear it, you hear it. But you know, like I again say this all the time, but like the whole, the, the Lord is, and the things of God are such a spiritual thing. To put it in earthly tongue in English doesn't even cut it. I cannot even begin to describe it. But 
What was I saying? Oh my goodness. Existential crisis. Oh, I had an existential crisis because I was like, (laughs) God, like, did have I ever loved you? Have I ever loved you? Because I'm not sure. And he thankfully gave me a picture of a marriage. And guys, if you're married, go back to your first day that you were married, like the wedding day. Like, do you remember the? Oh, it was hot. I mean, it was really hot. It was like 97 degrees outside. You are hot, and it was very hot. But um, you remember, like, go look back at those pictures or in your mind, think of it. Like, and you thought, man, I really thought that I loved them. Like, I thought, like, I thought I loved you. Like, there was no one could ever explain the type of love that I'm feeling. And now I'm like, homegirl, you know nothing. You didn't walk through anything. Like, (laughs) that wasn't hard. You had stupid arguments about stuff. That was a joke. You should have let go. Let go. <laughs> that was a joke. But you know, when when Mike is holding my legs back as I'm birthing our children, when we are walking through addiction, when we are when we are moving across country, when we have struggled so much, when we've had fights about money and fights of you know, like this is love. This is the commitment when we have chosen to come back to one another. And in the same way, my love for the Lord may have been only a shovel full, and now it's a bucket full. But I'm going to spend the rest of my life digging as big of a hole as I possibly can to get to wherever the Lord is, the most wealth and knowledge. Yes, as I can. Because I want to. And that's what I think I've been most surprised by in this whole thing of reading God's word is that I want to. Mm. I want to get to know God. I think Satan's biggest tactic is to just distract us. Like, oh man, you really need to be focused on this. You need to be focused on this. Speaking of, here's a little page rant. Um <laughs> Isn't it so like Satan to get us distracted about our bodies <laughs> when our soul is the thing that matters most? Yes. Listen, uh-uh, don't you be laughing. I'm not laughing. This is a word. I need all of y'all to stop and think about this. Satan in this world will have you convinced that you need to be thin, that you need to look a certain way that you know your eyebrows need to be trimmed your your hair needs to be cut like this your eyes need to look like this your makeup needs to be whatever you know wear this fashion and this fashion and this fashion those things fade away they don't matter in 5 years you're going to look stupid because you chose that jacket but you know what's never going to fade away your character your heart it's the only thing you take with you to heaven yeah and so isn't it like Satan to give you a counterfeit and be like, this is the thing you should care most about. Yeah. You should look like this. Well, it's, it's, when it's, in I mean, reality, it's, it's your heart. It's also it's also our sin nature. Like that that's Yeah, like, that's it's, the flesh. It's, it's our vanity. Like, yeah, but we're born into sin. It's our sin acting out. Yeah, sin, yeah. Satan. Yeah. No. Sin sin. Sin and Satan. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. <laughs> okay, we're gonna talk about somebody who's bad with theology here in a second. <laughs> You're gonna write it. I'm gonna go on the Forget page. page. We hate page. Facebook page. Page's theology hate. sucks. Yeah. It's okay. You'll get there. Stop it. Just That's not condescending. I'm sorry. Well, friends. Thanks I for hope, hanging hope with you enjoyed us. Paige's long rant. It was good, though. And I, I appreciate you sharing and being transparent with me. I can only share what I've went through, okay, guys? So I'm sharing it as I go through it. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, 
we're going to work on this one. And then I, we have another one to work on and we're trying to, we're trying to get back in the habit of these things. It's just so hard, man. Four kids is a lot. Working full time is a lot, but we appreciate you guys hanging with us. Guys, we love you. This is Laugh. So you don't cry. (laughs) 